0: Pray that you would be glorified today and magnified, and uh, that your word would go forth with power, and that you give me an unction from on high to boldly proclaim thy gospel, the gospel of the free grace of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. May he be magnified and, and lifted up high and mighty. In Jesus' name, Amen. First Peter chapter one. We'll continue our study here in First Peter The name of the message is past, future, and present. Past, future, and present. Normally we talk about past, present, and future. But the name of the message today is past, future, and present. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 5. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's our text verses 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again, and to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, one of the other titles I was considering for this message is the word kept. Last week we finished up verse 2 in our study in 1 Peter, looking at the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and how He has obtained salvation for His people. And how He has purchased our pardon and our redemption by the shedding of His own precious blood. And we also considered that this verse proclaims in verse 2 that, as Jonah proclaimed, salvation is of the Lord. Because in verse 2, we see the whole trinity in action and the salvation of a sinner. And we who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God were saved and redeemed by Christ 2,000 years ago when He purchased our salvation upon Calvary's cross. Today, I'd like us to consider verses 3 to 5, where we will see wonderful truth proclaimed here before us. and We see that God's mercy is manifold. It's manifold. And it will comfort the Christian pilgrim as we sojourn upon this earth. Look at verse 3 to 5 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed. In the last time. Now it is a cold and lifeless thing to speak of spiritual things. On a mere report from a head knowledge and not of a heart knowledge. When men and women who have been born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Speak of spiritual things as their own. And as having experienced the grace of God in their lives. and In and through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a sweetness to their word. There is a sweetness to their words. And they cannot but proclaim the great things that Christ has done for them. And they cannot but do it with praise. With praise and with thanksgiving for what Christ has done for them. May the Lord keep us from dead, dry formula form, formalism where, where it's just oh well, yeah, I know that. Oh Lord, keep us from that. Keep us from that. Protect us from that. May our hearts burn within us when we hear the Gospel. May it burn within us when we hear the Gospel preached and and when we think upon the wondrous works of the Lord Jesus Christ. May it never become commonplace to us. May it always be fresh and new. My! when we, We can't even plumb the depths of this great salvation. In Christ, we can't even plumb the depths of it. And we see Peter doing this in the scriptures here before us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. Peter is penning these words to comfort saints who are going through trials and tribulations and sufferings. He's penning these words to comfort them and confirm those who have been born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Well, they go through these difficulties. And he's penning these words to give them comfort that they have absolute security. Absolute security in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we see that in verse 3 as Peter speaks about the abundant mercy which has been given to the elect in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So let us consider this, the privilege. The privilege. And it is a great privilege. The privilege of being one of the elect of God. The privilege of that. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us. Jehovah is the author of all our blessings. Jehovah Himself. And it's by His abundant mercy that He chose us in Christ. It's by His abundant mercy that He chose us in Christ in eternity. This is love unmeasurable. You can't measure this love. It's God who has made us His children. It's God who has made us to differ. And we're born again. It says, Born again. He's begotten us. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. It's God who's done this. We're purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. God incarnate in the flesh. This is a work of God. And Peter brings the believers who are going through trials and, and suffering in this world back to the past. Look, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us. He's bringing them back to when they're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Showing them the abundant mercy which has been bestowed upon them. And we should consider that. We who are born again should consider that today. The abundant mercy which has been shown us in, in and through Christ that we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. In the Greek, abundant means many, much, large. In other words, you can't measure this mercy. You can't measure this mercy of God and Christ to his people. And notice in the text, they've been born again. Hath forgotten us. That's being born again by the Holy Spirit of God. It speaks of the new birth, which only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Look it down a little bit in our chapter to verses 22 and 23. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfrained love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Let's look at verse 3 again. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we see the cause of our salvation is, is, is in Christ. And it's according to God's abundant mercy. The cause of it is God's abundant mercy. That's wonderful. In the latter part of this verse, we see the means of our salvation, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. He's, he died in our place and he rose for our justification. And our sins are all forgiven. And he said, because I live, ye shall live. Be, because I live, ye shall live. brings forth this. Had he not risen from the dead, none would have been quickened or made to live. Or have been raised to newness of life. His resurrection is the exemplar of regeneration. There is a likeness between them. As his resurrection was a declaration of his sonship. So regeneration is a manifestation of adoption. It's a manifestation of adoption. That we're chosen in Christ. And as Christ's resurrection was his first step to glory. So is regeneration to eternal life. And both are wrought by the same almighty power. It's God who's done this. This is God's work. And see, Peter's bringing this forth to these these Christians who are being persecuted and going through trials and tribulations and difficulties in their lives. And every one of us in this room have things we're going through. So this speaks to our hearts too, doesn't it? Yeah. It can bring us great comfort. This is God who's done this. I'm born again by the Holy Spirit because of God. Because of what He's done. And then look at verse 4. It says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So again, Peter's writing to the... We know he's writing to the elect of God because that's what, the, that's what it says right off the bat in verse 2, right? Those who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God have a, a lively hope. A living hope. And it's in Christ. It's in Christ. Our hope is called lively. It's a lively hope. Because it's not based on dead works. But it's based on the person and work of Christ. Look at verse 3. To his abundant mercy hath begotten us again, again unto a lively hope. A living hope. Christ. Christ. My hope is in Christ. Is yours. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Now let us consider verse four in light of this. As we who are the blood-washed saints of God have an inheritance, and the Scripture here says it's incorruptible and it's undefiled, and it fades not away, and it's reserved in heaven for us. He's, he's, he's pointing us to the future, beloved. <laughs> so he, he had us look to the past, and now he's pointing us to the future. And look what the scripture declares. I remember talking to Brother Bruce Crabtree one time. We were talking about our salvation and how we can't mess it up. (laughs) Isn't that what this verse says? To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that faith not away, reserved in heaven for you. You know why we can't? Because it's based upon Christ. Now, that doesn't give us a license to go out that door and go crazy, does it? Not at all. That's an antinomian that believes that. And that's a person who's lost. But this, it says right here. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, not faded, not away, reserved in heaven for you. God Himself who chose us. God Himself who redeemed us. God Himself who regenerated us. Gives us an inheritance that's incorruptible. It's incorruptible. Will never be defiled. And it will never fade away. Because it's in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is God? Who is God? And this speaks again, this verse speaks of our glorification, not our death, to be in the presence of the Lord in glory. And again, what's the cause of that? The abundant mercy of God. The abundant mercy of God in Christ. And Peter brings this wonderful truth before these suffering saints. And may we consider this, what an abundant hope we have. What an abundant hope we have right now. Right now. While we live in this world. We have an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away reserved in heaven for you. When you reserve a table at a restaurant, they usually put a little sign on there, don't they? Reserved. Reserved. And there's nobody else's table until you come. Look at that, beloved. Reserved in heaven for you. My, it's wonderful, wonderful. Let us remember how secure this inheritance is. It's from the Father through the Son. And it's sure to all the seed, sure to every one of God's elect who were chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and will be regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. Note the words here, incorruptible, undefiled. And the words, fadeth not away. Now the words, fadeth not away is one word in the Greek. But incorruptible, undefiled are their own Greek words. And it says to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, and that faith is not a way reserved in heaven for you. In the Greek, the word incorruptible is defined as this, uncorrupted, not liable to corruption. Not liable to corruption. Not liable to corruption or decay. And I love this word, imperishable. That's what the Greek word means for that. That's wonderful. My, inher- my inheritance in Christ is, is is uncorruptible. My goodness. Things that we, that we inherit here or things that we have on this earth, they're liable to decay, aren't they? But not this inheritance, beloved. Not this inheritance here. Oh, you see what hope this would give those 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 saints as they're suffering through things in this world? what joy this would bring them oh my my goodness and this this inheritance is incorruptible, not as material inheritances like these that we inherit on earth. this is a spiritual inheritance it's not composed of things that Things such as silver and gold, I oh, all know. But of knowledge and of holiness and of Christ, it's more valuable than all the silver and gold in this world. And what a source of joy this is for the believer, this precious truth. Our inheritance in Christ is incorruptible, therefore it's everlasting. It's everlasting. In the Greek word, the word undefiled is defined as not defiled, unsoiled. Not defiled, unsoiled. Here's another precious truth of our inheritance in Christ. It's undefiled. Everything we do is defiled with sin. Everything we do is defiled with sin. Everything. Our best prayers, our best worship, it's all defiled with sin. Our best service for the Lord it's all defiled with sin. It's all tainted with sin. And so what what comfort the believer can draw right here? Right here in these words here. Our salvation, our inheritance which is reserved in heaven in Christ is undefiled. Undefiled. It's a pure, perfect inheritance because it's in Christ. Because it's in Him. This is a far more excellent inheritance than any earthly inheritance. And this will fill the believer's heart with joy and gladness. Now in the Greek, the words faded not away is one word. And it's defined as unfading. Not fading away. And here's the key. Perpetual. Perpetual. Oh, can you plumb the depths of this inheritance, beloved, that we have in Christ? I can't. What a great and amazing inheritance we have in in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here we see that this wonderful heavenly inheritance is unfading. Time does not affect this inheritance. Time doesn't affect this inheritance. It will never cease to be. It will never cease to be. And it will never cease to bring joy to the believer. Because think of this. When we're in glory, we're praising our King. (laughs) It will bring bring joy to the believer here on earth. It will bring joy to the believer in heaven. Oh my. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Now, worldly possessions can bring joy for a season. But then they can cease to bring joy. But this celestial inheritance spoken of in our text will bring joy throughout eternity to those who are the receivers of it. Now consider the excellence of this inheritance in our text. It comes from God Himself. Therefore, it's incorruptible. Neither moth, nor rust, nor decay, nor years have any effect upon it. It's absolutely undefiled. Because our God's eternal. Therefore, that which He gives is eternal. Oh, it's wonderful. And it's pure and holy. It's untouched by sin. It'll never fade away. It will never fade away as the things of this world do because our inheritance is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And again, this fills the believer with great joy. With praise and thanksgiving. My salvation, the whole of it, is in Christ Jesus. The whole of it. My inheritance is in Christ Jesus. The whole of it. And it's incorruptible, undefiled, and it will never fade away because it's not dependent upon me. Just let that sink in. This inheritance is not dependent upon us. If it was, it would be corrupted. right? It would be defiled. And it would fade away. But this inheritance spoken of in the text is not dependent upon you and I. It's in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, my. Is this not abundant mercy? Now we see why Peter penned that. This is abundant mercy. Abundance. Mm. And note the latter part of this verse is honey for the soul of the believer. Honey for the blood-washed saint of God. Balm for believers going through trials and tribulations and sickness or pain. Peter declares to the weary Christian pilgrim, That this wonderful inheritance is given by God through Christ Jesus our Lord and it is right now reserved in heaven for you. No matter what you're going through. It's reserved in heaven for you. It's secured beyond the reach of anyone who would spoil it. It's secured beyond the reach of anyone who could spoil it. No one can spoil it because it's wrought out by Christ and Christ alone for His people. And this wondrous inheritance is more precious than all all the, the riches in the world. And it's 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 as secure as it is precious. It's as secure as it is precious because it's in Christ. Christ is precious to the believer. This inheritance is secure and precious as it's in Christ and Christ alone. Reserved in heaven for you. My what joy that brings my heart. I know I'm a sinner. I know I fail all the time. But this wondrous salvation here that I, that I have in Christ, and if you're a believer that you have in Christ, is reserved for us in heaven. My, makes you want to shout. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Again, this is abundant mercy. This is abundant mercy. God the Father who graciously elected his people in Christ has also graciously appointed their inheritance so that the believer can cry out with the psalmist turn if you would to psalm 16 psalm 16 the believer can cry this out with the with the psalmist it's God the Father who graciously elected us in Christ and it's God the Father who has graciously appointed our inheritance in Christ And the believer, again, can cry out with the psalmist, Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. It's in Him. Mine inheritance is in Him. Oh, my. He's my exceeding reward, beloved. My. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. He keeps us. This inheritance is reserved for us in heaven. Reserved for us in heaven. The lions are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Why? Because I've been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. My goodness. I have a goodly heritage. It's all in Christ. It's all in Christ. Let's go back to 1 Peter now. and We'll consider verse 5 in light of these wonderful truths that we've looked at so far. Look at verse 5 here. And this is speaking of those who Peter are writing to, the elect, the elect, strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, those who are the elect according to the foreknowledge knowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit and obedience to the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at what it says in verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed. In the last time. Here, Peter, here, Peter is writing to these suffering saints to look now to the present. See, he's had them look to the past, he's had them look to the future. Now, he's having them look to the present, right now. Right now. Right now, we who believe are kept by the power of God, right now. There's there's things we go through that would normally crush us. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for our Lord, eh? and every one of us have experienced those, we've looked back and went, "How how did I make it through that?" Because the Lord carried us through. Because He kept us, and He keeps His people. He keeps. It says, "Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be reserved, or ready to be revealed in the last time." God's people are kept. By God. And this is a wonderful, precious doctrine of the preservation of God's people. And it's right here on full display in this verse right here. Who are kept by the power of God. Kept by the power of God. I can't keep myself, can you? Well, left to ourselves, we're like wandering sheep, aren't we? Oh, what's over here? That's what we're like. But God keeps us, doesn't He? He keeps us. He keeps us. I thank God He keeps us. What a a gracious shepherd our God is. And what comfort this would bring to those whom Peter is writing, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, who are struggling in their everyday life. What comfort this would bring them as they go through manifold temptations. What joy this would bring them. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Kept. Kept. What a wonderful word. Four, four letters, but, but so much. Kept. The beloved of God are kept by the power of God through faith. In biblical faith has one object, don't, doesn't it? One object. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. We are kept by the power of God. And is this not what our Lord was proclaiming? Turn, if you would, to John chapter 10. Is this not what our Lord was proclaiming? What Peter is writing here. Is this not what our Lord was proclaiming over in John chapter 10 when he was talking about his sheep? This is wonderful. And then put your finger in Romans chapter 8 also. John chapter 10. And then put your finger in Romans chapter 8. Because we're turning right after this. Kept who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Look at John chapter 10. This is the Master proclaiming this. John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. Oh, that's Genosta. He knows them with an intimate knowledge of beloved. He's loved them from before the foundation of the world. I know them. And what? And they follow me. He doesn't say, well, they might follow me if they, if, if they let me they let me be the shepherd. No. Thy people are made willing in the day of His power. He draws His people with cords of love. And then He leads them. And He keeps them beloved. And they follow Him. They follow the voice of the shepherd. Look at this. And I give unto them eternal life. Salvation is a gift from God. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. They are kept by the power of God. Who is speaking these words? God Himself. God incarnate in the flesh is speaking these words, and that's what Peter's talking about over there in First Peter one five. Who are kept by the power of God? God's people are kept. The Lord said He keeps His people, and they are kept. They're kept, beloved. Go over to Romans chapter eight. We're kept by the power of God. The apostle Paul also writes of these wonderful truths. This wonderful truth that we're kept by the power of God. Look at Romans chapter 8 verses 35 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Romans chapter 8 verse 35 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Now Paul knew, Paul knew about this stuff, didn't he? All knew what it was like to go through trials and tribulations. We know that. Scripture declare that. He went through a lot. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. That covers everything pretty much, doesn't it? And then he goes on nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now go back to 1 Peter. With that in mind. With what we just read there in mind. Go back to 1 Peter. Why? Why? When Paul wrote that, he said, "He said, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Why won't these things separate us from the love of God? Because who are kept by the power of God. We're kept by the power of God. Now think of this. Because sometimes, like I say, Lord keep us from dead dry dry Well, I know that already. God Himself is the one who keeps us. Jehovah is the one who keeps us. May this be fresh for us. Everything. Things come and things come all the time in our, unexpectedly in our life. We're kept by the power of God. This is believe believers' heart sing. In, I know we have trials and tribulations and tears. We do a lot. But we're kept. We're kept, beloved, by the power of God. My, we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, the word kept in our text in the Greek is defined as, look, this was marvelous as I looked up the definition for this Greek word. Kept. Little word, eh? K-E-P-T. Four, four letters. But the Greek says to guard, protect by military guard, to prevent hostile invasion or to keep the inhabitants of a besieged city from flights. We are totally kept by God, beloved. We are, we are encircled and protected by our great Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're kept by him. As I said, look, to ourselves, we'd, be, we'd wander on off, wouldn't we? We know we would. We would have been redeemed know we would. But we're capable of it. This is wonderful. We're guarded by the Savior. Just as a shepherd guards the sheep, our Savior watches over us. Do you see, do you see what hope this would bring these believers? As they're going through things? Does it not bring us hope too? to see these wonderful truths proclaimed? Oh, my. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. The believer is kept by the power of God, preserved safe amid many dangers to which we are exposed to in our lives. And sometimes the in in when a situation comes up and the squirrel of it catches us off guard, doesn't it? Sometimes it does. But God keeps us through it all. He knows what's happening. He knows what's going on. He's fully aware. And He keeps us. Oh, my. The faith that God gives, beloved, is preserving faith. It's preserving faith. The faith that he gives is preserving faith by his power. We keep believing amidst all the trials, tribulations, temptations, and sufferings that we go through. Whether they be physical or mental. Right? It's true. We go through tribulations in our mind sometimes. And we go through tribulations in our everyday life sometimes, don't we? In trials. I'll tell you what. Sometimes the agony in the mind is worse. The physical things we go through. I've experienced that. It's it's not easy. It's not easy. But God keeps his people, doesn't he? He keeps us. We're kept by the power of God. We're kept by the power of God. And the living or lively hope of verse three that we have is all in Christ. Of the inheritance that we have is all in Christ. Now mankind in their natural state have no hope. Because their hope's not in Christ, their hope's in themselves. And this was true of every one of us who are the elect of God. At one time we hoped in ourselves, didn't we? At one time we did. I did at one time. We hoped in ourselves. But now we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, and we have a we have a lively hope. We have a living hope. We have a we have been shown abundant mercy in Him through Christ Jesus our Lord. And He is our hope. The finished work which He accomplished is our substitute, both in life and in death upon the cross, where He made a perfect atonement for all the sins of all His people. Where He paid the debt. He paid the great sin debt of all His people. A debt that not one of us could pay. And He paid it all. What a Savior! Whatever a deed is Jesus Christ our Lord. And beloved, may we may we remember that we have an inheritance awaiting us in glory. We have an inheritance. Scripture declared that, isn't it? it? It's reserved in heaven for us. My! And then, may we leave here today rejoicing too that not only do we have an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and fadeth not away, but we're kept by the power of God. We're kept by our Redeemer. Oh, what a Savior. What a Savior is Jesus Christ our Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Your mercy and goodness and grace. And What a wonderful text we looked at today, Lord, that You keep us. You save us. You chose us, God the Father. You chose us in eternity. We're redeemed by the precious blood of Christ and then You keep us. Regenerated by the Holy Spirit and You keep us. It's amazing. Grace is truly, truly amazing, Lord. May we worship Thee and adore Thee for the great things You have done for us today and in in the rest of our service. In Jesus' name, amen.